0: Matthew chapter 26, verse 30. Give heed to the very word of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord is forever. Brethren, congregation, how often... Do you examine your frame of mind the evening before the Lord's day? Do you take time to prepare your hearts and minds to come into the special presence of Jehovah God as we are in right now? Do you pray that the Holy Spirit will so order your being that you will come into the course of praise with the right frame of mind and heart? Or do you allow the distractions of the day and the week to so overwhelm you that you do not make adequate time of spiritual preparation? I do not mean ensuring that there is gas in your car because... You should take care of that Saturday, on Saturday. Nor having your clothes ready and prepared, as they should be on Saturday. But your spiritual state of mind and heart. You see, proper preparation, be it gas or clothes, and that of your heart and your mind, will greatly increase, your spiritual benefits on the Lord's Day. And I am pretty sure I can say that all of us who end up having to get gas on the Lord's Day or end up with frustration that the kids do not have their clothes ready will provoke you to not have a good and joyful start for the Lord's Day and will... Have you come into the presence of the Lord in the public worship of His great and awesome being distracted, frustrated? Never mind some unexpected event that happens between your home and the call to worship. Be it a flat tire. Congestion on the highway, if that exists here on Sundays, I don't know. Back home it did, in Maryland. For some of us in LA that happened. And then you get frustrated. By the grace of God, brethren, today I will continue our series on the Lord's Supper. After a month break from the series. This is why I've chosen Matthew 26, verse 30. This one verse. They sang a hymn. And they went to the Mount of Olives. Probably a verse that we all easily overlook. I want to focus on this verse today. I want us to extract what is being summarized here for your benefit and for mine to build us up in the faith. And so I'm going to cover the following points of observation and application. Number one, a review of your preparation. How should you prepare before you come to the Lord's Supper? I'll review that once again very briefly. And then after you take the supper, right at the moment you take the bread and drink the cup, what should be your frame of mind at that moment? And then lastly, after you leave the public gathering of the church, how should you perfect What has just happened with the Lord's Supper. For your spiritual well-being. So we have treated the topic of preparation at some length. And more could be said. Let us review some. This very important spiritual exercise of preparation. That the Apostle commands us to perform at 1 Corinthians 11. And we consider 1 Corinthians 11 before, and I'm not going to rehash that again here. When we know that the Lord's Supper is about to be served to us, we should perform our due diligence to prepare ourselves and our families to be ready to sit at the Lord's table and to dine with Him present with us. And though our children who are not yet Communicant members, do not participate in the eating and the drinking of the Lord's Supper, they too should be prepared. Just as Moses told Israel when the Passover is taken, that when our children ask us, why do you do the Passover? You explain to them the deliverance of the Lord. So too. Prepare your children so that when they ask Mommy, Daddy, why did you come to the table and eat and drink and I was not allowed to? You too then can explain the deliverance of Christ, who is our Passover. Where the wrath of God passes over us because of the Lamb of God, the blood's Lamb that covers us and covers our sins. Brethren, if you were invited to eat dinner with your favorite president of the United States, would you not go to Great Lanes to prepare? You probably first begin asking, what is the dress code? Because I highly doubt it will be flip-flops and tank tops. And you will ask, what should I bring, if anything? And... How should I perform the proper etiquette in greeting the president? Do I salute? Do I bow? Do I shake hands? Fist bump? What do I do? And I promise you, as one who's lived in the DC area, when you do get a letter invitation to the White House after you've applied for and were screened and all that, there is a a form of etiquette that you are to perform. You are to show up in a suit of tie. You are to prepare for it. Congregation, the Lord expects us to prepare to come to His table. He not only expects it, He commands it. We should dress our souls with great humiliation and repentance of our sins that we have committed against the Lord. We should be performing self-examination of our state of being in Jesus Christ and how our reasonable service has been rendered to Him and to the Holy Trinity in both body and soul. We should bring to the table our love to God for so great a salvation that we have in Jesus Christ and a great honor to be able to sit at the table with Him And to partake of Him by faith. We should bring love to our brethren for who they are in Christ, being images of God Himself and being our fellow brothers and sisters by adoption of the Spirit. We should bring forgiveness for those who have sinned against us as well. For the Lord said, if you have something against your brother, or, or your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and make it right. Our etiquette in coming to the table should then be one of prayer, of meditation, and of, great, and of a great desire to eat and drink, to eat the bread, and to drink the wine without hesitation or fear. The RP Testimony, chapter 29, paragraph 4, which is summarized in your bulletin on the inside, gives us a great summary on how we should prepare. And I invite you to look at that after worship to help you in your meditation upon today's sermon and in discussion with your family. We must be diligent in prayer, brethren. Confessing our sins. We should be in repentance. Seeking repentance. We should, as head of of homes, guide our entire family towards the same. Again, we should come with joy to the table. That our children may also see the same. So that when they are then allowed, because of their profession of faith, to come to the table, they too will know how to properly prepare, having seen your example. Recall how the Jews were quick to ask for the body of Christ to be buried at the evening of Friday. It's the evening of Friday approached. Why? Why? Because the time of Sabbath, preparation was upon them. The sun was setting, and Friday evenings, it was a time of preparation to prepare their home and their household for the actual Sabbath day. They were diligent to order the house, so that on the Sabbath, they would either go to the temple or the, current, or the synagogue, ready to meet with God in worship without or with a minimum amount of intrusion of daily duties and affairs. Congregation, how is your Sabbath preparation? Do you rush the morning before worship to get yourself and a family to church every Lord's Day? You may need to look again on how you are preparing yourself, so that on the morning as you prepare to come into the presence of the Lord, you do not feel rushed, pressured, and have your frame of mind taken over by frustration and even sin. Every Saturday evening, at least, you should set aside time for secret prayer for yourself, your family. Pray for the congregation. Pray for the visitors that may come. Pray for your pastor, especially for the word preached. You should be confessing your sins and you should be seeking repentance. You see, you come to gather together as a church. You come to meet God in a very special way when you worship. Yes, the Lord is everywhere present. But in a special way he is in our midst that he is not with those that right now are violating the sabbath day by going to market or being entertained by wickedness or worldly affairs he is here in a special way with us <clears throat> when a minister announces the call to worship we are calling upon god to come into our midst and for His presence to be among us in a very special way. He is not anywhere else. We also by the Spirit working in those who are His. Then we enter into the heavenly places. And we join the heavenly host, The invisible church. We worship the triune God in His presence. Brethren, right now, we are in His presence. Prepare yourself then each evening, the night before you come to worship. For the Lord's Supper, you should add the meditation and consideration of what it means to then come and eat and drink. You are to consider the covenant you are in with God which you will be renewing when you partake of the Lord's Supper. The same then as when we are going to celebrate the sacrament of baptism as we are today. We should take, the, take time the evening before reviewing and renewing our covenant vows that we took as parents when our children were baptized, or recalling our own baptism in the vows that were made when we were baptized. We should be praising God where He is granted blessing when we have upheld our covenant obligations, and we should seek repentance where we have failed in our duties as Christians we should pray for the parents of the infant that will be baptized or the adult and for the infant that will in due time come to believe in Christ that we should pray to that end we should pray for our children that they will come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And so that their baptism will be a reality. With this, let us then consider our text. As we come to our second point of instruction. After you take the supper. Matthew twenty-six thirty, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Notice the very brief summary of. That the Apostle Matthew provides us. They sang a hymn. This hymn. Was not a man made hymn. That they just made up. Or that somehow somebody. Was circulating around at the time. This hymn was taken from that portion of the book of praises. That we call the book of Psalms. That is called the Hallel. The Hillel is that portion of the Psalms that are Psalms 113 to 118. Those particular Psalms were sung during the Passover. And they're called the Hillel. The hymn, remember, refers back to the Psalms. The hymn and Psalms are the same. They are synonyms, interchangeable. Hymns are those songs that God gave to his church in the book of Psalms to sing to him. Hymns are not made by man. They are given to us by God. This brief summary tells us so much about the demeanor of those who had just taken the Lord's Supper. And so let me expound this. Just as we are to come up to the table to sit with a demeanor of, thanks, of thankfulness and with a fixed and resolute frame for the great meeting that we are about to have with our King and Savior, so too then when we have taken and eaten the bread and drank the wine, we should, the moment that we are dismissed from the table, do so with great joy with thankfulness and with a watchful spirit lest the enemy attempt to pluck away that sweet fellowship that you and I have just enjoyed with Christ and His saints. As we get up from the table and we turn to our seats we should be examining ourselves once again regarding the partaking We have just enjoyed rejoicing in the Lord for the honor of spiritually feeding upon Him and for the spiritual benefit of having sacramentally partaken of Jesus Christ. We should bless the Lord for the pardon of our sins that the supper signifies. And what happens afterwards? The minister will then, following the example of our Lord Jesus Christ in this text, direct the congregation to sing a psalm from the Hallel, And that is what will be our practice. The Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 1, states the following. I've eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O friends. Drink, yea, Drink abundantly, O beloved. That is our attitude, brethren. It should be. This is a good summary of how we should come away from the table. That what we have done is like eating honey. That we have done so not only with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but with our friends, our fellow brethren. We have been with our beloved. Is Christ your beloved? He looks to you as his beloved. He says, you are my beloved wife. And in the supper, he eats with his wife. Fathers, husbands, especially you who have young children. When was the last time you had a date with your wife? It's hard when you have little children. And when you are able to get away and have a dinner date with your wife, it's just you and your wife and your children are at home being babysat. You know how special that is. Brethren, when we come to the table, it's even greater. We should have the attitude of the Song of Solomon here. His bread is tastier than honey. And His wine that He gives to us in the cup is sweeter than all the wine of earthly kings and the best uh, wineries. We are to eat of His bread and drink of His wine heartily and with great rejoicing, for it signifies what He did for wretched sinners such as you and me. And so when they sang a hymn, they did so because they were rejoicing. They had just partaken with Christ. This brings us then to our third point of application. After we leave the gathering of the saints, the church, what should be our attitude? What should we do to improve the benefits of the Lord's Supper in our life? Look at the text. What does it say? They departed and they went to the Mount of Olives. What did the Lord do? He got up and led his disciples out of Jerusalem. He crossed the brook of Kedron, which one day we will look at with great detail because there's a lot of spiritual significance there. And he went to the Mount of Olives. And what was the purpose of going to the Mount of Olives? Well, besides that the crucifixion was upon him, he wanted to pray along with his disciples. Look with me at Matthew 26, 31 and following. Get some water. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd... And the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saying unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done and he came again and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy That's far the reading of God's word there are a multitude of examples that the Lord teaches us here in this passage and I will only focus on a few notice the central action being taken place here That of prayer. After the Lord's Supper, they went out to pray. Away from everyone. They went into a garden. They sought solitude. Well, the Lord did and he was teaching them by his example. The Lord then separated three of his disciples from the rest and took them with him. Then he separated himself from them to pray. Yet encouraging them to pray as well. One of the main reasons for the time of prayer is here revealed by our Lord. And that was due to the coming trial. Now this was specific to this moment of redemptive history. His trial. His coming crucifixion. However, the general principle applies. One of the main reasons to pray is to petition the Lord to not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Christ said as much here. Here then are key points of application for us as it concerns the Lord's Supper. And what actions we are to perform after partaking of the supper. And after we have been dismissed from public worship. We should each go to our prayer closet. We should seek a large segment of time. Of solitude with the Lord. On the Lord's day. After we have gone home from public worship. Instead of engaging in fellowship or fellowship meals, as a congregation, we are to follow our Lord's example and go into our prayer closets and not just for a small amount of time so that the Lord's Supper may be improved in our spiritual walk with Christ. On the Lord's Day, in which the Lord's Supper celebrated, we should go to our own homes and enter into the throne room of our King in prayer. The ladder has been descended for us to scale it, to ascend it, and to take heaven by storm. Besiege His gates. We are to wrestle with God and take hold of Him. And not let go until He blesses us with the application of the Lord's Supper in our spiritual walk. And no, you should not go home to seek your afternoon nap. Look what the Lord said to His disciples in verse 40 and 41. And He comes to His disciples and finds them asleep and says to Peter, Why could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 43, And He came and found them asleep again. And He left them and went away. The enemy will most assuredly come and seek to steal and rob you of the blessing you partook of and received in the Lord's Supper. If you do not go to the Lord in prayer afterwards. You put your blessing at risk of being stolen away from the enemy. By the enemy. By the world. And, or by the lust of your own flesh. Is it not a wonder? It's not strange how many Christians after partaking of the supper do not find much of a blessing or even a difference because they carry on with the Lord's Day, worldly conversations and other activities that distract them from the communion they just had with the Lord. And this weakens us, brothers and sisters, as a church, and in many ways, it's part of the corporate sins of the church in general today. Neglecting our duties regarding the Lord's Supper. It becomes mere pomp and circumstance. A religious duty we just check mark and carry on. What's the next thing we need to do? We have an example for Christ here. They sang a hymn together. Then they departed. And Christ went alone to pray. And He enjoins His disciples to do the same. He enjoins you, brothers and sisters, after the Lord's Supper, to do the same. You are to seek the Lord, to strengthen the covenant engagements you just undertook in the Lord's Supper. You are to consider, how did you come to the table? How did you eat and drink the elements? What was your state of mind and spirit when you did so? You are to also to pray to the Lord to have you to be watchful against relapsing into covenant breaking and reengaging in besetting sins and undoing all the preparation you undertook to come to the Lord's Supper. The Lord said, Could you not watch, not just pray, but watch with me for one hour? If you look again in the bulletin in your sermon notes there, you'll see Westminster Larger Catechism 175. Again, is a good summary for you to review later today as you meditate upon the sermon. What are duties regarding having taken the Lord's Supper afterwards? What should we do? Brethren... In addition to being grateful and thankful for the goodness and condescension of God towards us in the supper, as Reverend John Wilson once wrote, we should rejoice in the Holy Trinity, who each had a part in our salvation from sins. Contemplate the mercy of the Father towards us in sending His Son. Consider all that the Son of God suffered on our behalf so that we could have pardon of our sins and so escape the wrath of God. Look unto how the Holy Spirit drew us to His Father, to our Father, I mean, at the preaching of the Word, how He regenerated us. We who were dead in our sins and trespasses and filled with hatred towards God. The Spirit drew us to the Father so that we could be regenerated, believing on Christ. You see, the Lord's Supper is an image, a picture of all that Christ did to redeem us and rescue us out of the pit of eternal damnation. Having taken the supper, we have such an intimate communion with our Savior, with our saving God, that such meditations should lead us to greater joy and rejoicing that in Christ we have so great a salvation. That we were even invited to sit at the royal table, to eat and drink from it for all the days of our life. A great great blessing, more than any permission has ever been granted to anyone in history where a king has said, come, I invite you to eat with me. Even when King David and King Solomon invited people to their table. This is a greater blessing than theirs. For a greater than David and a greater than Solomon invites you and I to his table. Meditate as well. Where could you improve on your spiritual walk and duties towards God? When you are in solitude in your prayer closet, meditate. How can I improve my Christian walk? How much more service can I actually render to my Savior. Seek the Lord's strength and His grace to grant you all you need to carry out in your reasonable service to Him. How can you improve your duties to your Savior? Something you should meditate upon daily, but especially after the supper. Again, the disciples were called by the Lord to wait upon Him for an hour and they could not even perform that duty. But instead, sought to please their bodies and sleep. Imagine, a moment ago, what did the Lord say to them? Look at verse... Look at it here. What do you say in verse 33? Peter answered and said to him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Going down, Peter said to him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Yet the Lord said, Come, pray, and watch with me. And they couldn't even do that. It's easy to say, I will die for the Lord. Yet when He calls us to pray, we find it to be the most difficult religious action and duty that we have to the Lord. Wives, how many times did your husband say, I will die for you. I will protect you from all harm. Honey, can you help me with household duties? Oh, man, I don't know, honey. Right? The Lord calls you, brothers and sisters, after the Lord's Supper, seek Him out. Watch and pray. Brethren, the Sabbath is not meant to be slept away. This is not the rest that the Lord calls us to engage in. We are to rest in the Lord by performing our spiritual duties unto Him more abundantly on this day than any other day where such opportunities are not as readily readily available to perform due to our own vacations and callings. Yet brethren, when you have done all of this duty, let's say you pray and you seek the Lord after the Lord's Supper, and yet you find no blessing. You need to review how well you prepared for the supper. What was your frame of mind during the supper? And where you find you have sinned, confess it. And humble yourself by confessing your sin, seeking forgiveness, and repenting of the sins you committed that are now robbing you of the benefit and the blessing that the Lord's Supper extends if you find that you did adequately prepare and had a right frame of mind and yet do not see the benefit in your walk in the Lord, then you are to wait. As the catechism states, for the fruit of it in due time. Lord said, wait, watch with me. Wrestle with him. Don't let go until he gives you that blessing. The disciples did not remain awake and they did not pray. And what happened? Each one began to fall into sin once our Lord was arrested and tried. Their boasting became their downfall. They were willing to stand, they pulled out a sword, they fought alongside the Lord. But we're unable to get on their knees for an hour and pray with them. All the bravado in the world is nothing if you do not perform your duties to the Lord. Brethren, you are to watch yourselves in this regard. Temper your boasting, lest the Lord humble you when He asks you to perform a different task that you do not find as attractive. I will say that you are even to temper yourselves from boasting that you partake of the Lord's Supper in a more biblical way, seeking to shame your fellow brothers and sisters that may not partake as you do. Careful how you present a beautiful truth of God's word on social media and other venues lest you turn others away from what the Lord has commanded for us to perform because you are being prideful and arrogant. Guard your hearts. Today we have an infant baptism. Again, just as with Worship in the Lord's Supper, meditate, reflect on your covenant engagements that you are under when you are baptized. You are to review and consider how faithful you have been towards your own children when you had them baptized. Where you have sinned, you are to seek the Lord for forgiveness and repent of your transgressions. Congregation, consider then how you prepare for public worship with your Lord. Consider how adequately you will be preparing for the Lord's Supper when the time comes. Then meditate on how you are to walk away from the table. What should be your frame of mind after you've eaten and drank. Lastly, on the Lord's day, when we have the Lord's Supper, let us not have a fellowship meal. Instead, let us all go to our places, to our private prayer closets, and let us wrestle with the Lord, that He may apply the benefits and the blessings of the Lord's Supper to our lives. Heads of homes, Lead your families in what has just happened to consider and meditate upon the Lord's Supper and all that it is and it entails. If you need help towards that end, refer to the larger catechism and to our testimony. Look up the scripture proofs. Use the word of God to improve your act of worship that you have performed in partaking the Lord's Supper. Let us follow the example of our Lord. Let us ask our Lord Jesus Christ to further sanctify you, to revive you in the Spirit. It may very well be that our blessings after the Supper may have not been as great in the past because we have forgotten it so soon after taking it and not performing our duties as we are called to do so and so the benefit is lost be diligent even when you prepare for worship renew review and renew your covenant engagements on the eve of when the sacrament of infant baptism will take place. Watch and pray with the Lord after you have partaken the Lord's Supper. Again, review it with your children. They should ask you, Mommy, Daddy, why did you guys go up? And you should be ready to answer them. They are the first ones you should be proclaiming the gospel to. A great many local revivals of gospel graces have gushed out of having had communion when the church as a whole have been diligent to perform their duties in times past. It is on record. It is a historical record. And so may the Lord be pleased to grant us all the necessary graces to be faithful to Him on the Lord's days. But also on those days in the, in the coming days, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, that a great revival will break forth in our midst as a result. So we may have the great blessing and privilege to see it in our midst. As many, many multitude of brethren have seen it in times past, when they were diligent in their performing of the Lord's Supper. And so let us rejoice that we have this privilege to come to his table. And let us even now begin to consider how we are to prepare for that great blessed duty. Amen.